It's baseball season, and the Little Leaguers are coming into the office with shoulder and elbow pain. What do you need to know? You're listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to a sports medicine segment on the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm your host, Dr. Sherwin Ho, and my guest today is Dr. Bill Bryan, a practicing orthopedic surgeon in Houston at the Methodist Hospital for Sports Medicine. Dr. Bryan is the current president of the National Orthopedic Education Society, or the No Society, and former team physician for the Houston Astros baseball team for over 20 years. Bill, welcome to the show, and thanks so much for taking the time to talk to our physician audience here on ReachMD. Sherwin, it's great to be here. It's that time of year. Baseball's on our minds, and let's see what we can do. I have a 10-year-old, and it's Little League season, and those 10-year-old shoulders and elbows are just getting used to throwing baseballs and fastballs and change-ups after shooting baskets all winter. And it's more likely than not that those kids are going to be coming in to see our audience of physicians with elbow and shoulder complaints. Let's start with the shoulder. What are some of the injuries we're likely to see in this age group of growing young kids? Well, I think you hit the key word growing because before, say, age 14, you are still growing. And the growth plates, we have growth plates at the end of each long bone, which eventually give us our size and shape and height. Those growth plates are still open. They're still sort of the weak link in the chain. And traction on those growth plates is primary cause of pain in this age group. Well, what's unique about the shoulder and elbow injuries you see in pitchers, baseball pitchers, as compared to, you know, a 10-year-old shooting baskets or hitting a hockey puck? What's unique about throwing a baseball? You don't see these problems in, you know, our football quarterbacks. We don't see that in basketball. The answer is twofold. One is just the high repetition of throwing. The other is just the position the arms put in. You don't see that saying cricket where by by the rules your elbow doesn't bend, but in baseball the extreme external rotation of the shoulder, you know, followed by very rapid violent internal rotation puts rotational and tractional stress on the proximal humeral epiphysis. I think there's been some studies that show the rotational acceleration of the shoulder is somewhere in the range of 270 degrees per second, a phenomenal amount of rotation that we just don't see in other sports or, for that matter, for other activities. You know, you're not going to see it, you know, hammering a nail in the wall or any, any other sort of everyday activities you see. It's pretty much only in baseball. You agree with that? I would very much so. And, you know, keep in mind that this age group, they really don't, nor they can they have the, the strength that they will have post-puberty when the testosterone kicks in. So, I mean, throwing a baseball is not just your arm. It's our whole body. And the Little League kids, the Pony League kids, are at a bit of a disadvantage because they don't have the leg strength, they don't have the core strength you know, to drive the complete pitching mechanism. So they're double jeopardy. They've got open growth plates, which are prone to traction and the phenomenon called proximal humeral epiphyseal lysis. And because they're not bringing their whole body into the pitching motion, they're putting more stress on their arm in the first place. Yeah, so we've heard the term, and I'm sure many of our audiences have heard the term, little leaguer shoulder. Explain exactly what that is. That is you know, the jaw-breaking proximal humeral epiphysialysis. And I'll just jump to my approach. Any little league pitcher or any early teenage pitcher or baseball player comes to me with shoulder pain, 
gets three x-ray views of both shoulders. It's important to do that to look for the separation of the growth plate because there's going to be some normally on the non-throwing side. It's really valuable to take those x-rays, whether you're digital or hard copy, and put those up with the parents and show them the difference. I think it drives home, because some of the cases are quite extreme, you know, how much separation there is in the shoulder and the recommendation that we cut back on throwing for, for weeks at a time. Those x-rays are really showing the only information I think you need. You don't need to be ordering MRI scans on little league or early teenage baseball players. So if the x-rays are normal, that puts them into a safer range. In other words, the two shoulder x-rays, the right and left, look equivalent. You're in a, a safer range, so to speak. You're right. I know many of the listeners will say, well, have they ever gone and done a prospective study where every single little league player on a team had shoulder x-rays? I'm not aware of any study like that. It would seem to me, though, that anybody who plays baseball probably has a little bit of proximal epiphyseal separation. The point there is I wouldn't freak out. I wouldn't then tell the family that, well, your kid shouldn't play baseball for a year or two if there's just a little bit of separation. But if there's significant separation, we're we're talking, you know, 5 to 10 millimeters, or if there's a history of just persistent pain despite reasonable rest, I think that athlete and the family has to understand that pitching may not be the best thing to do. There are lots of other positions out there. We love to keep people in the game. It's just the reality that they may have to pass through pre- and immediate post-puberty without being a baseball pitcher. And I think you probably agree with me that most of these injuries, one of the, or I should say one of the beauties of taking care of a, a growing bone or an athlete with growing bones is that they all heal pretty quickly given the right amount of rest. And so let's get back to your approach to, to Johnny who comes in, the 10-year-old with shoulder pain. You get the x-rays, you see a widened gap in the right pitching shoulder compared to the left in that proximal humerus. What do you tell them? I tell them that, first of all, it's not dangerous. I mean, in all my years, I've only seen one slip of the proximal epiphysis. It was in a gymnast, which we wrote up. So I have not seen a slip proximal humeral epiphysis. That would be not good. I just have not seen that in in the hundreds of kids that I've x-rayed. What I tell them is the reality is your arm's going to hurt. And that's no fun, number one. Number two, you're probably not going to be as effective as you'd like to be. And therefore, let's just face the reality that probably for the next six months to a year, this is going to be an issue. And I don't want you to get out of the game. I want you to do something else in the game. But the bright future, as you and I know, is that it's going to be okay. Once they pass through that phase, they hit age 14, 15, it becomes a non-issue. If you have just joined us, you are listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157. I am Dr. Sherwin Ho, and I'm talking with Dr. Bill Bryan, team physician with the Houston Nationals for over 20 years. We're talking about little league pitching injuries. Bill, let's talk about the elbow for a little bit, little leaguer's elbow. What is little leaguer's elbow? That's a condition where we have some breakdown of the, the cartilage and the, the lateral side of the elbow. Let me put some perspective into this. I believe in shoulder problems, whether they're little league, puberty, or even high school players, that workload has a lot to do with shoulder problems. It's the volume of activity that brings on the problem. And so 
even with the pitch counts and whatever we have in organized baseball, you really can't control how much the kids are throwing during practice. And much of the discussion I have with the families is to say, look, you've got to be careful at practice because your son is good. He loves the game. He's going to throw a lot. I understand all that. But that's where the problem is rooted. Not so much in this controlled situation of the games, but all the throwing you do in practice. And face it, often the kids are pitchers. They're the shortstop and they're the catcher because they're the best athlete on the team. Once they understand that, we've been able to control situations a lot better and we've been able to keep those kids in the game. Let's move down to the elbow. Here, the problem to me is more an issue of mechanics than workload. I used to be kind of skeptical of all these lessons that the kids took, you know, as pitching and whatever, but I've come 180 degrees, and I certainly have no financial interest in any of this, but I've come 180 degrees, and I believe that anybody who wants to play semi-serious or serious little league and teenage baseball and who wants to pitch should be getting lessons from someone that can watch their progress uh, through those years. Nevertheless, elbow problems do occur. Like I said, it's a lot, largely a matter of mechanics there, of you know, opening up too soon, dropping the elbow, a whole litany of issues. And when that happens, then you put too much pressure, too much compression on the lateral side of the elbow. That does two things. It stretches the structures on the inside where we have the medial collateral ligament. Also in the growing athlete, let's get back to the growth plate stuff. It's not the epiphysis, but it's the apophysis of the medial epicondyle, it can separate. So let's go to the office now. Get x-rays, please. Two x-ray views of both elbows. Those comparison views are mandatory and I think very instructive in showing the parents what's happening. That's probably true for any bony injury in a growing athlete. You know, we're talking about obviously pictures here in the elbow, but I think the, the rule of thumb is any growing athlete, we get comparison views whether it's the ankle, the elbow, the shoulder, the wrist, so on and so forth. We always get comparison views, but go on. So in the growing athlete, the weak link on the medial side of the elbow where there's valgus stress, where there's traction, where there's tension, is going to be at that apophysis. And you very frequently see some separation of the apophysis from the underlying bone compared with the other side. That's no doubt the cause of the pain. Check that off the list of you know concernables. The question is how long to rest, and then probably you're talking at least three to six to nine weeks, it's just the reality of it. The more sinister, devastating effect of this valgus overload, this compression of the lateral side of the elbow, is to crush the articular cartilage within the joint and either cause osteochondritis desiccans or osteochondrosis. We, you know, in the, in the States, we're seeing less of that. We control the amount of, that the kids throw. They're getting better pitching lessons. Nevertheless, that can be a bad situation. And when I see that, I just forbid those kids to continue throwing. And it may take a year or two for things to settle down. And when they demonstrate no more elbow pain, the flexion contracture you often see with osteochondritis desiccans goes away. They prove to me they've got their strength. They're taking lessons to throw properly. We might let, then let them reenter the realm of hard throwing. I think I'd agree with you. That's a whole other level of injury when you start to see that growth center on the lateral elbow, the capitellum. When you see that breakdown and you see that clinically, when you examine them, you see that loss of full extension in the elbow. They're pretty much done from pitching, at least for the year, if not for life. 
And I think, you know, you have to balance that. And I don't tell them they're done with baseball. I just tell them they're done with pitching. And I know you said you rest them for maybe six weeks or sometimes longer. What do you mean by rest? Do you put them at second base? Do you let them play third base? Do you let them play the outfield? What do you mean by rest? I would let them play a position where there's not much throwing. I have no problem with that whatsoever. Keep in mind, you're often going to see kids with an elbow flexion contracture. What's that mean? I'm a bit concerned because an elbow flexion contracture indicates there's something inside the joint that's irritating it. And just on general principles, I would like to see them not throw a lot until we see the elbow flexion contracture starting to resolve itself. Well, thanks, Bill. I appreciate your taking the time to be with us here on ReachMD. I'm Dr. Sherwin Ho. You've been listening to a sports medicine segment on the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. To comment or listen to our full library of podcasts, visit us at ReachMD.com. Register with the promo code RADIO and receive six months free streaming for your home or office. Thank you for listening.